morning, good afternoon guys and welcome to episode 2 of the Barber's Cut. With me today is my dear friend Eli Sepe from the Philippines. Hello. And this is gonna be a three-person episode. This is the first time we're gonna do this. And my second guest is gonna be a friend I met here. A Filipina, LA native, mm. Dominique <laughs> Fuster. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> very good friend as well and today we're going to be talking about the philippines yet again and what we are going to be talking about the philippines is police brutality and i get it that we have multiple sides of this okay uh this episode is not going to be to berate you on your stance on police brutality this episode is not gonna be like oh you know we we're right we're supreme whatever it's not about that it's about three filipinos from very different backgrounds and very different paths in lives that we took. And we're just talking mm. about what is happening now. So if you have any hate in your heart, if you have any negative feel- feelings, please leave that at the door and join us for this conversation. It's going to be a unique opportunity for three of us. So maybe, you know, you guys will get something or we'll get something together from this. And hopefully we can talk about it, you know, talk about it in the more relaxed manner rather than being at each other's throats so thank you guys for being here today hello nick what's up (laughs) eli over here we we shot this episode already but it got got corrupted it got lost somewhere in the the cloud (laughs) so here you are people might be uh your audience might be confused uh because you're calling me eli that's my nickname uh, my real name is actually Basilio, Basilio Sepe. Basilio. Okay, yeah, I'm so, sorry. I didn't know you went with that. But you can, But yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, it's okay if you call me Eli. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> so will we? Do you prefer Basilio or Eli? Na lang, Eli. Na lang. Eli. <laughs> we'll, we'll stick with Eli for the show. We're fr- we're all friends yeah. here, you know. So yeah, yeah. Eli, you are you are the star of this show today so give us a brief introduction <laughs> on who you are and what you do as a photojournalist uh hello i'm uh i'm basilio sepe but uh you, like what i said you can call me eli uh i'm a freelance photojournalist based here in uh, manila um i i shoot uh uh various events but most of the time national and uh religious events here in uh, Manila and other places, other provinces in the Philippines. Um, I'm a USD graduate, uh, University of Santo Tomas. Uh, I'm sure some of you guys are familiar. Uh, It's the oldest Catholic school in Asia, (laughs) 400 years old. so if there are any Tomasians out there, go stay. So and um, yeah, uh, after gra- oh I forgot um, in you when I was still in college I was working with uh, the Varsitarian. So I'm sure uh, some of you will would also recognize that uh, it's the official student publication of USD. Then when I graduated in 2017, I went as a freelance. And right now, it's so far so good. I still get 
commissioned works and uh, most of the time I go out of the house and shoot. Yeah, I still get I still get to work even if there's a pandemic. <laughs> yeah, 2020 is crazy, you know, even back there like I don't know if Dom knows, but do you know how crazy it is, Dom? Like in the Philippines. So just give give us a for the viewers here in America, you know, for for us Filipinos who don't know what it's like having a pandemic in the, Fili- in the Philippines. Yeah, how is in it? In the man? Philippines, um in, at start where uh uh not there weren't uh, a lot of people going outside except for us frontliners we are considered frontliners uh the people who work in the media uh we were able to go out and uh do our stuff you know do, do uh shoot but uh a lot of people were really like they were restricted to to go out of their homes even public transportation was uh not allowed uh during the first months of the lockdown here in manila and uh, actually in the uh, uh across the across the nation so um to be honest uh, uh we were late you know we were a bit late to to close down like the air uh, our our airports, you know. So uh, we were a bit we 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 were uh, um, um, a bit late when it when it uh, comes to uh, the restrictions uh, because um, when the pandemic started. Um, uh, our our airport our international airports were still open you know a lot of tourists were still coming in going in and going out of the Philippines that's why our cases right now are still going up maybe that's one of the reasons because uh, many people from other countries were able to uh, go in the Philippines before during the start of the pandemic um but eventually uh people started like you know feeling lax about (laughs) the the pandemic right now a lot of people are going out already (laughs) uh public transportation is back and um the uh, the traffic is has gone heavy again, and uh, um, business malls and other businesses. Uh, so it must be it must were, be like are open again. It must be crazy in the Metro Manila area, right? Especially now, it it's Christmas already. <laughs> You know, in people the Philippines, people gotta make their money. Uh, Businesses gotta yeah, make. Oh my god! People, yeah, people, yeah, and people celebrate Christmas early, so there, there are gatherings and uh, in Lumans. Yeah, in different places, <laughs> but uh, still, the government 
uh, is warning the public you know to to be still be strict when it comes to health protocols even if uh, the lock if, even if uh, the restrictions and uh, has has uh, have uh, eased you know yeah. earlier before we started recording we we did a little catch up you know i introduced both of my friends to each other and eli basilio over here eli we we went to the same high school in New Manila, a community of learners. Some mm-hmm. of you may know about it, some of you may not. But we grew up together, you know, sweet kid. He's like mm-hmm. three batches lower than us. We had a really community-based school, so everyone kind of knew each other. And I did not know at that time that <laughs> Eli was going to be a very important <laughs> man for our nation. <laughs> you know, graduating. So tell me, Eli, tell well, us. Yeah. What got you into photojournalism? No, um, I started doing photography even before college. So before I was just doing. I started with film camera. I was just shooting still life. Right. Then I went to human inter shooting human interests like street photography. Then I got interested in shooting news like protests and uh, okay. uh, relig- religion, like processions and stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, um, when I got into college, I, I actually have a portfolio already. So that's what I used to, when I applied to uh, the Varsitarian. So they uh, accepted me and uh, I was able to work, you know. Yeah. For, those, I, of, for the, those people who don't know what the Varsitarian is, like, let's it's, a, it's, a, it's the official, it's like a national newspaper, <laughs> okay. but uh, inside the university, you know, it's a university paper, but it's, uh, it's one of, it's a popular, how do you say it? A popular new student newspaper okay. in, Mani- in Manila. Uh, anyway, I got in then I, at uh, the Farsitari, I was able to, you know, learn more things, shoot more things. I was able to learn how to shoot sports, lifestyle, um, you name it, like uh, portrait, portraits and everything. Uh, sports, I really got interested in sports because it was also a challenge, you know, for me. Yeah. And then, and then, uh, and then came the the drug war. Twenty sixteen, right? Yeah, so 2016, I was uh, um, doing everything all at the same time. Like, I was working for the Varsitarian. I was uh, studying and I was documenting the drug war, which eventually became my thesis topic. So, 2016 to 2017 was a tough... Were, were 
tough years for me as a student. Um, because, you know, uh, it's time management. I need to allot time for this, time for that. And uh, it's really, it's tiring, you know, both physically and emotionally. Because you keep on seeing the same things, you keep on hearing the same things. Uh, people weeping, uh, you see blood, you see... Uh, and, as a, and as a student, that's really heavy. That's a heavy, you know, that's, so those are heavy things to see as a, given my age uh, during my school, my college years. And I want to ask uh, you, have you seen sites like that before you were a photojournalist? Because it's the sad reality that some of us living in the metro will see this sort of violence, right? Uh, no, actually, no. That's why you haven't it was seen it. Okay. A, that's why I, during the first nights, days of the drug war, I was uh, cooked. Like, I was shocked. You know? And uh, I was just uh, like, I can't, uh, you can't, uh, like, uh, you just have to think that it's work, something like that. Like you're doing this for your work. Like you, you shouldn't be. Your emotions, like, the. Uh, it's hard to. Uh, put your emotions while you're shooting because you're working and you're 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 work you're working at the same time and putting your emotions that's hard i've heard some photojournalists you know when the first time they see a grisly scene they're just like taking pictures and just like putangana putangana they're just freezing at that moment you know and they're just like saying one word and then the yeah, senior yeah. journalists need to like shake you out of it you know did you ever yeah, yeah. witness that kind of lockup yeah yeah yung sabi ko i was shocked during the first nights and days that's what i felt that's what you felt uh um and we were like considered as war journalists <laughs> But it's not war. Like what we shoot is already an aftermath of what happened, yeah. right? Like aftermath of a crime. It's it's very different from being a war photographer because if you're a war photographer, you're actually there at the moment <laughs> yeah. during the conflict. But what we what most of us were able to. Uh, uh, take pictures of her already after months. It's not the actual moment or the moment it happened. When someone shots something or stabs something. Let's explain this war on drugs. Like, what is this war on drugs? Because it sounds like, ooh, the Philippines, it's cleaning up the streets. Mm. Is it a good thing, the way they're doing it? Yeah, 
it's a it actually it started as a campaign of Duterte. Uh, he told the his supporters that he's going to uh, have a clean government and wipe out all the uh, drug dealers uh, and illegal drugs and criminality. So a lot of people were amazed by that. Were mesmerized were uh, by that line you know by that uh, uh, slogan <laughs> uh, but uh, um, as they as years go by it eventually like turned out to be more of a war of war against the poor because uh most of the victims are from the poor sector. What where we usually, where most of us, most of the time where we shoot is uh, in slum areas. So you know, it, uh, you're not just you're not. Uh, it it look more of a bit you're 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 against uh, poverty than illegal drugs and criminality like you don't care about the poor because they don't know about their they don't they have no about they have no idea about their rights they have no idea they don't know what to do once they're yeah. confronted by authorities so that's what what that's what uh happened and is still happening uh, during the pandemic there there were still killings and but I wasn't able to. <laughs> yeah, do I, it, I just do it while I, it was happening, right? You always were there at uh, the scene of the scene of the crime, or scene, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I wanna, I wanna ask you, you know, like your perspective. I'm sure Dom doesn't know this about the Philippines, but our society mm-hmm. in the Philippines, you know, this, this padre this padre system you know that we there's always somebody mm. on top of us depends on your social class right or while oh, i was really? living there it was like that you know like there's a clear distinction that okay you are worker mm. and then businessman on top of you uh, top you're of saying you. like a seniority something C- like that kind of seniority so like seniority. our society just works like that you know and it's yeah yeah there's respect like we we learn respect i think uh, the... it's more it's like there's no unity there's no unity I mean, when it comes well because here yeah, in the philippines we all where our 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 mindset is there's always a red and yellow <laughs> uh there is a red and yellow group there's a well that's the political uh, parties yeah yeah but it's it has gone to know the to a much higher level like right now people are saying they're like a dilawan or uh, you're a duterte something like that <laughs> but uh there's really no unity um that's why I'll, Many people, you know, they don't understand each other. Like, uh, ano na lang, parang, they, 
the the accuse right away or um hindi nila ano um inusugan kaagad nila yung isang tao <laughs> parang ganoon <laughs> and that's like just that you know like does that sound familiar dom <laughs> like no unity in a country <laughs> Yeah, like when you were talking about the red and yellow parties, I was thinking of, you know, the bipartisan what we have here. It's the same now, in America. Yeah. Like there's a there's a demo there's a yeah. there are Democrats, there are Republicans. Actually, Philippines and America, there we have a history. It's, it's quite we have a, similar. We have a history, American but, and yeah. Philippines. Yeah. But for this well, next you, part, you, you said the Padre, well, you said the Padre system, Nick. You know, and well, I think like the Philippines well, is like that, and with America, you know, that's why it's so similar, like yeah. based off of. Yeah, and now I want to ask Dom. You know, like share, and Eli, Eli Basilio, I'm gonna ask you after Dom, okay? Because this is gonna be a chance for you me the viewers to see what it's like for a filipino that was born oh. in america okay so dom the question mm. for you is like what was your experience growing up as a filipino in america it was very like a third party affiliate you know my dad and my whole um family came here when my dad was like 18 so it was one uncle came, then my Lola, you know, followed with my dad, who's the oldest. So kind of traditional, right? Like patriarch and my Lola is the matriarch. Yeah. And then everyone was here. So they're very proud Americans, business owners in the heart of LA uh, downtown. And so, you know, growing up, it was, I heard the Galog in the household, but we, you know, did they didn't speak the Galog to me or um, it was traditional parties, but not like Gamayan, right? like you're eating no it was like very american very just very proud still they're still very proud american so i learned how to be filipino through ex other experiences kind of like vicariously through people and like with you you know like that kind of experience where you took me and you exposed me to certain things that kind of felt like i had seen my dad do when i went to the philippines with him and i saw him hang out with his friends and it felt very similar you know that's uh <laughs> yeah like you know contrary to what people think you know like i hear the murmurs back in the motherland that oh nick nick has forgotten what it means to be filipino nick has forgotten like what it means to be us you know and then i'm gonna i'm gonna approach that thought now you know like to my friends my family like i did not Again, I need to keep empathize, em emphasizing this because even the Filipinos back home are starting this narrative about Filipinos here in America. And there are Filipinos here in America who want nothing but for the Philippines to prosper, for our people to rise up. Because when we move to America, we see the bigger picture. 
you know because mm. when you're in the philippines you're like okay yeah it's mm. so survival in that you know like even if you're filipino with money it still feels survival because look around you you know and for me you know i've i've gone around the block like i i'm a very social butterfly type of person like i don't care who you are you know like i will talk to you and then it's the character that that pisses me off or not pisses me off that drives me away from people because when i when i talk to a person i look them in the eye you know it doesn't matter if you're rich or if you're poor your eyes tell more story than you will ever tell you know like when people judge me growing up black and filipino guess what i got a lot of sideway looks too you know like racism just ha doesn't happen in america but i, I think i want to approach this in the way uh ignorance right ignorance in a different mm. way of thinking different way of living because my filipino experience again is not the quintessential filipino experience like I, i'm again you know like me my, i don't think eli thinks about this a lot because i've just been ingrained in our society in school right like i i made friends whatever but those looks you see on the street those those side comments you know even growing up you hear comments like oh negro or whatever you know so me moving to a America, I'm proud. I'm I'm proud to say even to, you know, Americans that I am proud mm. Filipino. And now now is a time that we should like, you know, definitely come together. Yeah. And Dom, as a Filipino in America, do you hear news? Any news about our motherland or yeah, definitely through my dad. He's still very connected. And my dad's like a new age historian and he's mm -hmm. very connected to what's happening. But when we start to talk about what's happening, I bring up very general concerns I have about humanity. Like, you know, the things that are happening, like the war on drugs, what that really is um, showcasing in the country and like what's happening, the strife of the people of the Philippines. That's what I'll talk about with my dad, and sometimes it makes him. Is he up. against? Is he against of what that what's yeah. happening? Or okay. He's against criminals, I think. So, his understanding though is not as broad or as open because I think he is more concerned about like the right and wrong. So, if the leader of a country says this is right or wrong, he's like, okay, I can see where that's right or wrong, and so. Mm -hmm. You know, that's those are the kinds of questions I'll ask him. Like, well, does this concern you? And these are the kinds of dialogues we have. And sometimes he's open, and sometimes I can see it's you know sensitive for him. But uh, I just wonder what he experienced if he ever experienced any political strife while he was there. You know yeah. what he saw, and I, I actually should ask him that. Yeah. Again, you know, like this this communication that we're doing right now like it's more than just you know like people think like people in the philippines would think like nick you're just doing this for clout i'm like no <laughs> like you know us filipinos need to be educated and I, me and dom you know we've been educating americans about mm. humanity here 
humanity is yeah. a big thing for me and Dom. I think I think that's something we have in common because guess what? Right here too, there's police beatings going on. People have been <laughs> getting killed in America here. Not like in the Philippines though. You know, oh. the Philippines has so has such little regard for Filipino life is what it seems like. Because yeah. me myself, when I went back in 2016, you know, and me going to America, you know, I was, oh, my father was American. So for me, coming to America was like, okay, this is me returning to my father's homeland. Like, I'm about to be respected here, you know, because mm. in the Philippines, you're, you're, I was treated as a foreigner for most part, whatever, you know. Come back here, I start seeing people who look like me getting killed on the TV, <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> and then it just isn't black people, you know, it just isn't brown people, Latino people. It's people that are getting killed, people in certain situations, people who don't have the same upbringing, people who don't have the same tools in life as other people, right? Because that's, that's what they are. Like, they're in this scary country that doesn't watch out for anyone. Here in the, the Philippines, as long as you're from the poor sector, you're, you really don't have any chance of getting out yeah and i want but if you're rich or if you're uh in or actually in uh, if you're a middle class citizen you 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 have more power or you have more opportunities but if you're poor poor, you're you're considered like an insect (laughs) you don't have you know and we're gonna be we're gonna speak honest here there are people around me who think like that and this is me coming out now to publicly say but it's like, what they it's what they think about some americans uh they think like that to filipinos whenever yeah right and, and, whenever we go there in the u.s or whenever we go to first world countries yeah and i wanna i wanna bring some light there too you know like the the filipino experience for me over here because i don't drop the filipino some people think oh i dropped the filipino like you're like i again that's the judgment you know like you're judging me because i don't look like you that i'm just gonna abandon my filipino heritage my filipino culture no so the fight here you know and it's not i don't want to make it sound like super dramatic but every time someone sees you here and i think dom can relate to this there are these barriers you need to break and these barriers, you know, we could either stop and then think, say, oh, this person's racist. I don't want to associate myself with him and back off. But no, yeah. we're not like that. We we confront, you know, we break those barriers. And then some people here, they're like, oh, you're not Fili- you're not full Filipino, so you're American. And then they talk so lowly about Filipinos. And then I stand my ground. I'm like, you're not going to talk to my people about like that, you know. I know I know, 500 people who will do your job better. <laughs> I tell them that straight up, you know. Like, you do not know what Filipinos go through. You do not know what the Filipino is. So let's just, like, educate people, right? So, Eli, I, I respect what you do full-heartedly. And I just want to mm. bring up, like, a point with that, that trauma. I think a lot of us have trauma built into us. But in the philippines what's the light at the end of the tunnel really right depends um, on what you're looking at if it's money that's what you're gonna focus at and a lot of people in the mm. philippines are clawing clawing at each other right mm. 
but what, what's the video? Uh, ano ah, face to face, like bastusan face to face. And it's it's survival. It's, it's, uh, and what's bastusan? Uh, disrespecting, I guess. Like, mm. So when you said disrespect face to face, like that's what you said, Eli. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so it's like just there's not a dignity for life anymore. Like people, the sanctity mm. for life. They're like, yeah. Okay. Like what we were okay. talking about here, Dom. Like a couple of weeks ago, like the hierarchy of needs, right? How can people function if their needs aren't met? Like their most essential needs aren't being met, and it's psychology. People know this in the Philippines, and it's people know this here too in America. And I'm sure you like you know how we operate in some parts of the world, rely yeah. on keeping needs of certain people in different countries at a minimal, so they don't outperform, so they don't become this rambunctious fucking yeah, yeah. economy that will compete with America. But that's a that's a whole different topic, you know. Mm. But what I was talking about trauma, like a lot of Filipinos, I think we need to get past this trauma because at a young age, I saw a dead kid. I saw a dead mother, mm. you know, and then you just you just think that life is like this. And I don't know how I would feel like if I didn't leave the Philippines, if I didn't see like what what the dream of freedom or liberty would even look like uh, again, like. I don't want to go full America because there, there are things about America that I do not agree <laughs> about herself. But giving everything that you've seen, uh, we're, yeah. we're understanding that there is a trauma aspect in being a Filipino living in the Philippines, right? Yeah. Would you trade what you do for anything else? Um. Right now, what I'm doing right, right now, now, like given everything that's happened to you, if like there was a wish that came down, like Eli, Eli like if I get an opportunity to yeah. work abroad, yeah, or no, like, like maybe you could relive the last five years of your life, um, and then do something um, different. I, would you do something different? Um, no, I guess not because the, over the past years, what happened to me are also life changing experiences. You know, I was I was able to uh, ex uh, feel, uh, see, or uh, new things, right? Yeah. Um, I was able I was able to go to different places. I was able to go abroad. Yeah. Uh, I was able to meet new. I was able to meet new people with different personalities, uh, with different nationalities right yeah. and those are priceless you know I, w I was able to uh uh help uh victims of the drug war through images i was able to exhibit my works i was able to uh um uh inform not just filipinos but other people from other country countries What's happening here? What's happening uh, inside the drug war? What's happening uh, during the pandemic? Yeah. What, right? What, what's happening in Duterte's administration? 
and it's uh, important work you know like people yeah. like you because you are literally like imagine a life without you guys like what would we oh. know <laughs> what would you know mm. that goes on right so i guess not <laughs> you know but uh right now uh, you're you were asking me if i can see uh, a light at the end of the tunnel um you know what to be honest uh if i were given a chance or an opportunity to work abroad i i'd really take it like if i was given a chance to work in america or in japan i'd really take that because it's it's gonna it's really gonna take a long time you know before everything gets all uh fixed and you know the the there's so much corruption there's so much issues on human rights there's so much uh, police brutality and uh, yeah. people just don't care about it you know what the government is doing um, and people I think will st still vote for the same uh, uh, politicians who are doing the wrong things right because they prioritize mm. like all these gimmicks or the basic mm. essentials like, you know vote for me i'll give you rice i'll give you shirts i'll give you clothing i'll give you food and i'm like and then they're not gonna follow the the wants of the people or they're just gonna follow the very primal wants because you know those those are trigger words drugs like mm. how, like let's be honest let's be yeah, honest yeah. i don't care mm. how traditional you are yeah. What are the, what are the major effects? Like again, there are harder drugs on the street, right? But then you're criminalizing mm. a drug that's like so available around the world. Mm. Well, local, Philippine, more, like who are you kidding? Filipinos, <laughs> Filipinos are basically you know easy to be uh, deceived by just and we we forget things right away. Uh, we get we forget issues right away, like. If something happens, another thing, another new issue goes on top, then we forget the the ones that uh, came out first. Because we've so. been complacent, you know, and this is gonna be another episode. I'm gonna have like a psychologist come in here, and we're mm. gonna talk about generational trauma. Mm. Why are there so many people who are are quick on the trigger with their emotions that that they learn that from somewhere, you know? <laughs> And yeah. uh, th again, that's a whole different issue in itself. And I want to go right now. We're, we're you know, going further and further. But I want to go right now, the war on drugs again, right? Duterte came in 2016. And how was it? How were people around you? Like, mm. did you were people around you, like your circles... All for the terror. Well, I have, I have friends and relatives who voted for him. But uh, when at the start, he, I, I covered his, I uh, know his uh, one of his campaigns, mm -hmm. his uh, major campaigns. Uh, that was, I think, his last major campaign. So I was there. I uh, covered that, and there were a lot of people. You know, uh i was and ano na lang basta ano na anda ano talaga he, he had a lot of supporters and uh, 
how did he gain these supporters like those supporters that he because of because of his ano because of his uh, campaign uh, to end illegal drugs and criminality was he that's was, what that's what he said in the first place was his and, rallying call very hateful was there a lot of anger in his rallying call like was it not for peace or anything because I, I i didn't see his like climb to power so i would like uh, to... yeah like there there were uh he had a lot of uh allies from different uh from a lot of uh politicians like who who who, were, who got easily persuaded by his uh slogan uh, to to ha- he will go he will be having a clean government and he's going to end criminality and illegal drugs so i guess that's uh one of the things that uh he was able to win <laughs> on your time uh, on your time on the field i guess how do I want to approach this question? On your time on the field, when you see the victims, you know, the families' victims, mm. I mean, the victims' families, what do they say? What do they say about this war on drugs? Because are they cheering? Are they like, yeah, someone's dead. Woo, we got him. There were in, some people in the uh, crowd because whenever there's a crime scene, there, there are always a lot of... You know, Chismosos. Uh, chismosos. <laughs> you know, and, uh, um, uh, but when it comes to the families who were affected, uh, they regret, you know, they regret. Some of them said that they regret that they voted for Duterte. And, uh, they thought that, that it's, thought... They, 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 they thought that it's just going to be against illegal drugs then why oh, so these why guys aren't were, even were... involved in drugs is what you're saying they're saying that there are 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 the one who's who, who were shot like they're saying that it's not even using drugs or uh but they it's go to me. a they go to a hospital they go to a morgue they can test for drugs right or do they not even do that that's that's the you know the 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 system here is very magulo <laughs> <laughs> you know there's no proper i i saw this i watched this uh ep, uh um series in on Netflix it's called unbelievable are you familiar with that no i, I unbelievable it's uh how the judiciary the the um what's the other branches of the le- judiciary and the le- legislative uh, system in america works like uh if someone gets killed or if someone gets arrested there's a proper way of uh investigating them, yeah. or te- uh seeing if that person really uses drugs or there there are processes eh? yeah. you know if someone gets killed or gets arrested but those things that they don't 
happen here in in the Philippines. We don't have that kind of system. Uh, if you're if you get killed, then you go straight to the morgue. <laughs> uh, yeah. If you get shot, then there are police invest investigations, but uh, it's not. You know, it's uh, it doesn't go uh, in a proper way. <laughs> There's that, no. You know, I want to ask you a question. Like you've been, you've been to America, you've been around, and you stay mm. in the Philippines. Why do you think this is allowed in our nation? Like your opinion, you know. Again, this is only his opinion, guys. So. Mm. Because. Uh, um, what 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 do you want to ano ba, yung, ano yung difference like, ng... why do you think this lack of empathy to our own people mm. or this lack of humanity in our government to our like discrimination or yeah because you know like these people are like when I tell people who are having a tough time here in America, right? I tell them like you don't know what a tough time is. Again, because people who are having a hard time, but a lot of the time, like people who complain here in my circles, I'm like you don't know what hard is. Mm. Like because you know, like like nga, in my opinion, sabi ko kanina, there's uh, ano na, ano nga, there's no unity. Kapag if you're poor, then you're poor, diba? Kung I'm rich, I don't care about you. That's what that's what uh, a, a lot of Filipinos think, yeah. and they don't they don't care about those kinds of issues. Like, do you think a rich person or a middle class citizen would care about a person who got killed in a slum area? I don't think so, right? Because they're not. Uh, um, there. Um, uh, a lot of Filipinos like hey, some Filipinos are uh, have this mentality that we have this kind of privilege. You don't have this kind of privilege. So, yeah. And I want you to chime in, Dom. Like from what you're hearing, like what. What do you th- why do you think this is allowed in a country, you know, that your father was from? You're on mute. I think okay. it, I think it goes back to like the philosophy and like Eli, you're talking about disunity there. And it goes back to just like the philosophy of the people. It's allowed because it's the status quo, it's the common thought. And I think that it's a powerless thought, you know, because it's like, how can I change? Something I often hear, my dad always reminds me how lucky I am that I'm not in the Philippines. Like when I took part in the frontline protests here in June after, you know, George Floyd happened and it sparked like a movement, right? Mm. My dad was like, oh my gosh, you guys are, 
protesting. But if you were in the Philippines, you would probably, you know, he was so upset at me and my younger yeah, brother. Yeah. Yeah. He was so upset at us. And, you know, us, it, we came so wholeheartedly, like, about humanity. Like, this is a representation now enough for humanity. And my dad was like, if you guys are in the Philippines, you would be dead. And he was so upset at us. And then my mom, who's from here, explained to him, like, no, it's it's an American um, take on, like, protest because my dad can't even fathom being in the Philippines and being, like, and, as And racism really has a deep, you know, background in the U.S. Yeah. You know, when but, it comes to black people. And, and yeah. That's a deep, deep uh, history, you know. It's and, part of what creates America in history yeah. i think and instead of shying away from it we have to acknowledge it and repair you know but at least like repair yeah, there like what you said at least in america there's there are movements uh, a lot of people reacted and yeah. there went protests yeah. there went and uh people had uh this knowledge or this opportunity to know who are they going to vote the next election? Like it's uh, um, compared here in the Philippines, like there's no movement and stuff. They, they, we don't, we don't care. A lot of people don't care, and people will stay still vote for the same, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I had a lot of I had a lot of family that voted for, you know, Republican. They voted for Trump, and I'm some of the mm -hmm. things like that he's just said about immigrants. And I, I'm like, you're an immigrant yourself. Like, how did you continue to go? Because it goes back to that powerless of like, well, what can I do? How can I really change the whole situation instead of banding mm -hmm. together? Yeah. It was powerful when the movements are happening in June and. Even you know during COVID, it was it was a powerful thing, and to feel it. And then my dad, like we rubbed off on my dad. And you know, I don't live in LA anymore. I live um, in Denver, Colorado now. So wow. I go back to visit LA like a lot. And at the end of that trip, my dad was saying like Black Lives Matter, and he was asking, and he wanted to know and what I saw, and he was watching the videos. And as I'm I'm showing him like the frontline videos that I took he's like really interested in understanding because it's foreign to him because in the philippines like what can you do if you do that you're you put yourself and everything you love and work for in danger right so you know because it's interesting to that. hear we're that experience at a young age because we're taught our history that's what i say that's what i mean about uh you when, when someone uh, becomes red tag like if you speak up or if you do yeah. something that is uh, against the government you get your you you're, you'd become dangerous you'd become a threat right away to... I'm that yeah. <laughs> I'm not in my Filipino family because yeah. I am the I'm red tagged for sure there have been many occasions that you know mm. I'm a whistleblower and I'm, I call people on their bullshit or BS you know yeah. I call people on it even and going back to the respect in that Padre system of like, you know, oh my gosh, respect your elders. And I'm like, uh, well, my elders are wrong. Like, I don't agree with this. And my dad's like, if we were in the Philippines, you know, you wouldn't be allowed to be this way. So I'm grateful, but I'm so interested in learning and understanding and like 
how do you become an activist in a place where it's not allowed? Like literally you could lose your life in a matter of instant. What you said, just morgue and then they identify you months later or something because you're not valued. How do you become? What do you do? The thing is too, like we're taught this in history, you know, we're taught that Mm. people who stand up get killed and you know our greatest heroes guess what happened they were killed by other filipinos too right like it's just it's it's hard like i don't know how you become an activist in the philippines now before there was edsa but now what is there's a little you know women's rights going on all these little individual groups for indigenous people for, for these farms but again it's so ununified that they yeah, can't yeah. be like blm here that's why it, there know? are There's some a lot of things going on with blm it's it's yeah. infiltrated whatever but who's doing the infiltration you know they're trying to create disunity with the people and for yeah. us you know when me and dom well, talk when and my other filipino friends talk mm-hmm. here like we say they're giving america 400 years and then it's gonna be it's gonna be good it's gonna be good for people you know <laughs> quote unquote and then it mm. just makes me think you know because i love the philippines and i love i love her people and i don't agree mm. with the way it's been run or the things that's happened in our history but how do we like for you Basilio? Mm. what steps does the philippines need to take to gain that unity because before you know we had that dream our school i'm not sure if the whole philippines had this dream but we knew what it was to be a filipino we knew that filipino pride right like our school mm. cherished the filipino no matter if you were rich no matter if you were poor no matter if you had disabilities right, right now i uh, i think filipinos need to vote wi- wisely they need to know who they're going to vote this coming elections in 2022 because this that the elections in 2022 is a crucial will be crucial you know for the next uh generation for the next couple of years and yeah that's because we can't do wala na, wala na tayo mga, for, we can't do anything more about what has happened before you know and what is happening right now and the next what what better thing to do right now is you know to uh be educated in uh who you're going to vote that's what they're uh, that's what uh um a lot of uh um uh uh, young people in my age are, are spreading. <laughs> you know? I was saying to Dominic na when they shut down ABS-CBN, you know, um, a lot of people, especially the especially millennials, millennials, people my age, you know, they started urging everyone to vote wisely yeah. for the next uh, elections 
So, and yun nga, that, that's where you, that's the next step. Yeah. Uh, to, and you need to vote register now. <laughs> and you know, I Actually, wanna... uh, I'm a registered voter, so. Good job, good job. You know, um, that's important there. Like everyone really needs to vote, and I think build a community somewhat. Like you know, our school was yeah. very good with that. Yes. With working. Right now, every everyone's doing it on social media. That's the. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's the problem. <laughs> I helped a lot of people register like myself I helped a lot of people like it took patience out of me but I'm like okay let's go to the website together and let's do this step by step I'll hold your hand to help you because it's important to me I'm going to take the responsibility you know yeah and the Philippines like I think what Eli was getting at here was the people who have access to the internet in the Philippines aren't necessarily the ones who need the most help. It's the people who don't have access to the internet, right? Mm. And I just want to bring up, you know, one thing. Like, there are people, like, in my in my circles, you know, and I think we should talk about this properly because I've bumped shoulders with people, you know, who for whatever reason, think it's okay that the cops can kill people. And they're saying like, oh, the Philippines needs to get better. And for that, I say, at the price of their life? Like, can we not try different steps first? You know, the fact that we're jumping so quick to patay na lang natin, let's just kill them. They're scum. That's, that's just too, that's too excessive. You know, and what's our priority then? Like, is our priority getting rich at all means? And that's, that's the end goal? Because I'll tell you what. I know a lot of people here, a lot of Filipinos who are getting rich here who are not in any better place than they were. Mentally, right? <laughs> me and Dom, this is where me and Dom come in, in our groups. Because we channel balance i think you know and dom is one of these people in america that keep me balanced because it's very turbulent when you're when you want to talk about stuff and i understand in the philippines we block people oh you don't you don't have the same opinion as me i'm blocking you and then i like wait, wait what does that do you know we just have our echo chain again it's live lifetime look at america look at our news that's what's happening and we are not for that me and dom like, whatever your political belief is, you know, me and Dom try to get in the middle of that. Like, just because you're one, your family or your history is politically affiliated with one group doesn't mean you can't talk to people with another opinion. And communication is really essential, you know. So, so for those friends, you know, if you want to go off at me, let's go. Go on my DMs, you know, we'll talk, we'll have a call. And tell me why or join the conversation in the comments, you know, because we like talking in the side a lot. But let's go. <laughs> we, we set up this place. I'm trying to make it as peaceful as it can. You know, I get a lot of messages from strangers that are, you know, mean spirited. But let's quell that and let's talk like Filipinos, you know, like well, at this point in time. 
there, there are few Americans who are doing it. Not a lot. But I'm worried about the but, Philippines more than I am America. Like, I love Americans. There are Americans who are easy to talk to. You know, there are Americans who are a little bit harder to talk to. But if you take your time with them, you know, they'll warm up to you and you'll warm up to them. So for well, me... There are, there are... Sometimes it's the same here. There are... Yeah. yeah. May, may mga times na ganun din yung cases na if you just let them be you know i you have your own political views i have my own but at the end of the day we're still friends we're still relatives we're in the same boat together uh, right but uh there are some people who have conflicts with each other you know yeah. And uh, they don't get along uh, easily with their political views. Yeah. <laughs> and I have a question, because you might know this, Eli. You know, you've been working on the field extensively, but I saw this. Uh, I saw because... this whistleblower, and I want to see if this is any. If you've heard about this or something, but there was a ranking police officer who was recorded saying the following. We always mm. get paid by the encounter. The amount range ranges from 8,000 pesos, which is US dollars 161 at the time of this writing, to 15,000 pesos. That's $302. That amount is per head. So if the operation is against four people, that is 32,000 pesos, $644. We're paid in cash secretly by headquarters. There's no incentive for arresting. We're not paid anything. Is that... Is that something that goes on over there? Like, is that whistleblower just fake news? Um, I so, sorry, Nika. Can you repeat what the what you basically said? there there were bounties? Mm. If if you kill a drug user or a drug pusher, you get paid. yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's true. That's, that's what that's what's uh, happening. So, is the... there any like? Is there any fight against that? Like, we say it's true. Like, you know, mm. that's very damning. And then a lot of people I, say, like, it happens. A lot of people say it doesn't happen. Yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess so. Because there are sometimes, you know, uh, police victims. There are members of the police who get involved in true things, who get killed. There, but, there are conflicts within their groups, within their <laughs> community. <laughs> and I guess most probably it's about money. Yeah. It's about uh, power and money. That's what... <laughs> like people just want to be... And it's, it's hard, you know, it's hard because... Mm. like i don't want to keep using the philippines as a example you know but like dom was saying earlier i think it's a philosophy like there's a philippine philosophy that we all mm. kind of adhere to and then when you step out of that th way of thinking that's when you can change your way of thinking in america there's a lot of different philosophies here but there's room to grow that right like you live in huge expanses of land different cultures and everything where philosophies can share and then mm. you know philosophies can mingle like i still very much think filipino 
Okay, you know, my ideals are more Filipino based. Depends where. You know, again, Filipinos are a huge <laughs> demographic. We we also have different beliefs. Mm. But the main philosophy revolves around violence and Dom growing up, you know, you were around certain individuals. Would you want to share that story? I don't know if you want to share it, but if you do. <laughs> yeah, like talking about my fam my own family or like gang life. Gang life. Like the quote unquote gang life. Mm. We have a encounter of that here too. Yeah, I my family, some of my family on uh, my non-Filipino side is affiliated, well, most of them. And I saw, you know, and then I, my dad's ice cream shop was in a very heavily, uh, that's my cat. That's my <laughs> it's, son, okay, my it's okay. Um, anyways, what my, my dad's ice cream shop was in a really bad part of LA at the time, Echo Park. And it was like known to be, you know, I wasn't allowed outside of his business at night kind of thing. Um, and then my family stayed in those really heavy gang areas and the type of interactions was very com community based. Um, I went to a lot of funerals when I was young because, you know, it was my cousins dying or my cousin's friends dying or my own, you know, just people um, dying due to that stepping outside of like that philosophy of community into the the mm. philosophy of killing right so it's separate but also together like it exists so so tightly knit in the kind of those kinds of communities and in the violence yeah. but there was a hierarchy there too you know uh, there was punishment and consequence for younger people that didn't have the kind of like hierarchy to do the type of things they were doing they would get punished for that too. So it's like, you see there's a ruler or there's a rule, a type of common commonality and common rule and law that, you know, like my family would obey. But then you talk about like government stuff and they're like, man, fuck all. <laughs> like, fuck, you know, excuse me. You know, they're like, just, I don't care about that. And I don't care about the government. So, hmm. you know, it's just value and philosophy. And it was it was a lot of um, violence. What you're saying, like about murder, people, you, everywhere, not just in the Philippines, but every people, anytime, any kind of government or any time of type of upper class, I think, does profit off of death, whether it be uh, come from sickness or from person. Yeah, yeah. They're well, that's what's uh, happening, I guess. Now, also now, when during the pandemic, like, where are the funds going? Where are the? Uh, are you giving enough funds for this uh, department, especially the health department? Or, oh, Dom! Uh, I don't think Dom knows about that. Do you want to glance over it a little bit, like what happened? No, no in the Philippines. In the Philippines. No, like, I know, I know. I don't think she's heard yeah. about that scandal. The health health scandal yeah uh, recently the uh, PhilHealth the largest uh, health insurance company in the Philippines got accused of corruption you know, and uh, there were they, there are reports that people are you know, stealing money <laughs> basically and profiting from 
their uh, customers. So yeah, that's one example. Like, and another example is the Philippines receive uh, donations, help from other countries. But where are they going? Where are the money? Where is the money going? Are there be are they being? It is is it being allotted properly? That's the question for every Filipino, you know. That's a very mm. personal question. We think that the government is doing all that it can for our people. And we're happy about it. Because, again, I'm a man who's enough, talking to yeah. people in the Philippines and I'm not living there. I'm a man who left the Philippines. I'm a man who's seeing Filipinos here talk a certain way about <laughs> out mm. alone per se like my guests you know I, I i thank all of you this is important for me you know it's important for a lot of people too sharing sharing these pati things. pati dyan sa mga kasama natin dyan yung mga kakilala natin yes yung mga kababayan natin dito mm. saudi every, we're filipinos yeah, yeah. everywhere you know and i think <laughs> i think all of us want the Filipino, the Philippines, and the Filipinos to rise, you know, because we know our history. Mm-hmm. And this was heavy, you know. And Eli, I want to ask you a question. When you see all, when you're exposed to all this violence, all this carnage, all this senseless death, mm-hmm. do you guys, does your team do anything? Like, is there any closing ceremony you do before going back to your house? Because that's that's a lot heavy. you know you you see all that and you go back yeah. home and you're just like shit carry it you carry it i'm sure with you yeah uh, yeah we we get these uh questions are we being is there a trauma are we being uh do we get uh therapies something like that do we get trauma trainings um we don't we don't have it here uh, especially to freelancers like me you know? but for staff photographers i think they have like uh trauma what do you call that uh, trauma uh psychological training oh okay so it's more training Hello, parents therapy but yeah. no no tra- therapy as well like after yeah, both being... are necessary like training mm. and, and therapy trauma training and therapy yeah yeah um yeah we our our therapy actually is you know we our kind of therapy is we get along with each other you know we we get to, to see each other we we go out we, we drink Polutan. That's, our, <laughs> uh, that's our kind of uh, mm. uh, therapy god bless the mm. filipino man <laughs> i i love us i love us you yeah. know? but there are some agencies that like 
ABS-CBN, for example, they provide therapies to their staff. They provide trainings to their staff, to photographers especially. They have and equipment. Do you know what have, do you know what helps in, them in a way? Do you know what kind of practices they do? I don't. I'm not sure, but uh, they do receive uh, psychological uh, trainings, therapies after covering uh, a heavy assignment or after experience. Does talking about it help it help you, or does it like bring back? Hindi naman, hindi naman, hindi naman. Okay lang. At actually, uh, traveling is one of our therapies. You know, when I was able to go to the U.S. for the first time, that's I could. That's a therapy already for me. Ah, in my case, as a freelance, uh, our travels, our exhibits, our talks, those are considered therapies for us because we get to. Share our experiences, the to or maybe cool down a little bit on what's happening, on what we saw, on what we felt. So, yeah. I think police here everywhere need that kind of same what you're saying, like the decompression. I, I, every, I wish that they did. Uh-huh. Like you I have, know I would. Right? I wish that the police here like after traumatic situations that they got mm. that same kind of they um, they do they do they do the police over there uh, no no i mean in the in america they have right Depends. they have Depends the option but, but also there's the option but it goes back again i always go back to like the philosophy of mental health a lot of mm. people are like eh, i'm good i brushed it off i've seen a hundred deaths you know <laughs> as opposed to understanding like you've seen a hundred traumatic situations and you're carrying that and now your cup runneth over with trauma so now your community feels the trauma and like you know as as a media outlet gosh you're taking pictures like trauma breeds trauma like you see trauma and then if you don't deal with that properly that trauma is going to seep into other parts of your lives you might be more violent you might be more aggressive and as we come to an ending right here, we've talked about some heavy stuff. And some of you are probably feeling very heavy. And that's okay. You know? Oh, I'm okay, Nick. Okay, no. <laughs> no, I mean like to the, to the viewers. I'm sure you're used ah, to okay. it. Before we end this, I want to end it on a, on a lighter note, you know. Mm-hmm. So us together, you know, we have many different backgrounds. Even me and Basilio over here who grew up relatively together we're we're not really the same and so Mm. is dominic fuster over here so i want to ask you guys a personal question you know dom in our (laughs) years knowing each other your your sense of filipino how did it progress throughout the years like before knowing me knowing me and you know through the through through your life basically Um, what did it mean as I got older, it got more important because I want to understand my root. And going back to like, you know, we touched a lot on generational things, you know, generational trauma or even culture, generational culture, the culture of. So 
I tried to learn myself and in college my freshman year I took a Filipino studies it was like an hour and a half of Filipino history and studies and then an hour and a half of Tagalog and Mm. man you know it was like I was relearning and there was a part of me that was angry with my dad because I was like why didn't you teach me this but it's because his philosophy was like I got the heck out of there to teach to give you a life here so that you didn't have to live what I did there that's why we don't talk about that and it, and then that caused me to understand the trauma of my own family and and the way that they kind of deal with hurt I'll just put it under the rug and then I understand more that that's kind of like a Filipino philosophy just it's a very resilient philosophy like yeah it happened we're just we're moving forward now but sometimes we don't recognize the hurt that that caused with us you know we didn't get the it wasn't just like a a, a ding it, it's more on the spirit you know so it, i learned growing up and i didn't grow up with many filipino friends and my uh how old are you know for uh dominic how old how am old i yeah um i'll be 30 in a month actually okay okay so yeah i feel like yeah true 90s you know true 90s to that point but like even my brother my brother is a dancer my brother's younger and uh, the community is mostly filipino and so my brother learned to be filipino through his friends and through spending time at their house you know and my lola was very traditional but again very Mm. like very Mm. proud american so I had an American experience and like my mom is Mexican, never spoke Spanish in the house, you know, so that philosophy of my household was like, we're here now, we're raising her and my brother the way that we want them to progress in America as opposed to what trauma we experienced with like native indigenous, native Mexican, and then my dad's Filipino, Chinese, Spanish. And my my grandfather was uh, from like a rice farmer and then uh, my other grandfather taught at the University of the Philippines. He taught Spanish and he was from Spain. So like you would think that the philosophy that my family held was that of humanity, but sometimes it's a little close, you know, it's a little bit close to us versus them. And I saw a lot of like the poor, even now where maybe my immediate family, like my, you know, were not as successful as some of my extended family in terms of money wise so automatically we're judged or it's you know kind of like gauged by what we make and what we do in life and I've always been seeking like the matter of the heart and like the heart is most important so I don't care what you make and what you do if you're a good person and even if you're not a good person I still want to dialogue and seek your heart through that you know and I'm teaching my Filipino family that new philosophy because yeah, and they're very religious too. So, you know, I'm religious in a different background. I practice a different kind of religion. So I'm really spiritual. And I want to recognize like even in them and in their trauma, they're, they have that beautiful, they're godlike too, right? We're made in the image of whatever God means to you, right? So it's like just learning and it's helped me to understand myself. But a lot of my Filipino peers that are like from the Philippines or grew up very Filipino, are like they make fun of me you know for shame like you don't speak the Gallag or like you don't know this or you don't know that or what you don't get it you don't I'm like 
teach me instead of <laughs> patronize me teach me because i want to learn i want to join the team you know like yeah. teach me yeah <laughs> your your family is so you know there's so much diversity <laughs> 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 yeah and in that there's so much trauma too like I have a lot of beautiful experience because it's diverse but all sides of my family like I'm half I come from indigenous and colonizers because I am Spanish too from my Filipino side so Filipino Chinese imperialism right Chinese and then like Filipino indigenous having been colonized so like and then on my mom's side, it's Chicano, Native American, Mexican, mm. having been taken and colonized as well, right, by Spanish. So it's like um, I'm a mix of generational curses, and I'm doing my best to be kind and be human and to learn and to spread and, like, grow myself. Because now I'm going to affect that generation. Like, I get to talk to my Lola, yeah. who is 85, and I get to have these kinds of dialogues, talking to her about... I practice Buddhism, talking to her about Buddhist and talking to her about pot, you know, talking mm. to her about weed, you know, marijuana, talking here. to her about Filipinos drinking. Weed, yeah. 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 But, you know, taking the taboo out of things that she grew up so taboo. Right. So mm. it's, it's interesting, but the diversity, I, I uh, love it instead of leave it. Like I, I uh, encourage it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad. I'm so grateful to have this opportunity to talk with you, Eli, because like, Same. I have a friend. Same. I have a new friend in the Philippines, <laughs> and you have a new friend here in America, you know. But <laughs> we're drifting off here. Eli, uh, what does it mean to be a Filipino, and what the, what are you proud of about being a Filipino? Um, for me, you know, it's uh, even if uh, there are there isn't much unity going on. There's so much uh, uh, here in the Philippines. There's so much uh, corruption and uh, discrimination. You have to see. You have, you have to look at the brighter side, right? Uh, I guess that's what. That's uh, what being a Filipino is you know you're uh, you still you're still hopeful like uh, even if there are uh, there are wrong things that have happened already you you have to get back up and uh, uh, do your work and uh, um do the right thing and spread the right thing, right? Yeah. And uh, that's what I'm doing uh, through photography. I help people and I let people, I let other people know what's happening, even outside the Philippines. Um, it's it's not on an it's not being. Uh, uh, what the, what term is that? What what we always use? Uh, <laughs> yung so, sobrang ano na overrated na term yung nakalimutan uh, ko na basta parang cloud. Hindi hindi yung yung kahit may bagyo, may hindi parang uh, yung 
Resiliency. Resiliency, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's not about being resilient. Eh. It's about uh, uh, fighting for what is right. And I guess Filipinos, uh, I believe uh, there are still a lot of Filipinos who are doing their best, who are pushing for what is right. For what is right, fair, and clear for everyone. And we are one of those, like me. Like, we are pushing for what is equal, what is uh, wrong, and what is right. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yun ang ano dun. That's what's uh, important. It's not about being resilient because we've used we, that we term know for... That. We know that already. And sometimes being resilient is, can be a bit dangerous, you know. If we don't act We don't now, know where the limit res- is. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. It, we're it, using it, it so much act. shit you're, until you're there's a be, gun on us. Yeah. Mm. We'll just be complacent. Yeah, no. You know, and I want to share it to people too, cause I don't, I don't know how people see me. You know, like some people think I'm a foreigner, some people think I'm a mutt, some people think I have all these ideas of me. You know, growing up in the Philippines, and I want to share uh, what I think a Filipino is too. Like I've seen my perspective on the Filipino life came from a life of privilege. You know, like. You got the house, you got the car, you got your mom could buy you everything you needed. Not a lot of people can say that, right? Mm. And then from there, I just saw like some people have more, some people have less, but we're not perfect. The Filipinos aren't perfect, you know, for whatever differences we have, we have to come together as well, you know? And I've seen it happen. Like, you know, you guys have taught me that the filipinos have taught me that that there are people no matter what their differences are financially or beliefs that we can come together and that's something Mm. that i take pride in you know that's that's what it means to be filipino for me and Mm. throughout these episodes we'll see many different types of filipinos many different backgrounds you know people helping each other out Maybe mm. there's a point of view we're not seeing properly. We'll have that on the show. And we, on the last episode, me and Eli, the episode was supposed to air, we showed a bunch of pictures of what he was uh. talking about. But we won't do that, you know, for not traumatizing people. But Eli, if there are people who want to follow your work and follow mm. your attachment to certain issues, how do yeah, they follow yeah. you? Uh, you can, uh, I have a website, uh, basi- uh, www.basiliosepe.com. Uh, also, you can look at my, you can visit my Instagram account, basiliosepe. Uh, there you go, yeah, that's that's it. Uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's the same, Basilios, basiliosepe. But I have a different name if you want to add me on Facebook. It's Eli, E-L-I. Yeah. Are you, are you... I, you, can, you can also add me on 
or uh, you can also add me on Facebook. <laughs> E-L-I Sepe. Eli Sepe. I use my nickname on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm so confused what name yeah, to call yeah, yeah. you. Eli, <laughs> I love you, man. Thank you for coming on the show. Mm. <laughs> Thank you, Nick. Thank you, Dominic. And I hope we get to see all each other in person soon. Yeah, let's, right? let's make it happen. Let's make it happen. Thank you again, Dominic. It's yeah. super early here. Thank you that I got to drag you out. Sorry. Thank you. No, no, I'm sorry because I'm the only one who... No, 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 no. no, no. You're, you're the guest. You're the guest. Yeah. We, work, yeah, we work around it, mm-hmm. the time schedule. Create a bridge. Thank you. Right, thank you, Dominic. And thank you guys for watching. Feel free to chime in, send us a message what you think, and let's let's do this. Yeah. Catch you next episode of the Barber's Cut.